0: bones and bobbins podcast is now on patreon would you like access to bonus episodes digital extras exclusive merch and more Mm -hmm. and join us in the curiosity shop at patreon.com backslash bones and bobbins
1: your generous support helps make the show happen and will also earn you our very eternal gratitude and entry into our private Patreon-only Facebook group.
0: Which is delightful. It
1: is. Can confirm.
0: It's all kinds of creepy and fun and insomnia. If I have to see that, you have to see that too kind of stuff (laughs) and no drama.
1: No, I appreciate the... Oh, God, I had to see that. (laughs) Um, But then it doesn't actually generate any issues. It's just a collective. Yep. Fair enough.
0: (laughs) Indeed, indeed.
1: In a dusty old shop on a forgotten old street, you'll find two witches with books three boxes deep. Next to rusty old needles and faded red thread, You'll come in for yarn, but leave with pigments instead. Whether poisons or patterns, we're always discreet, where creepy and crafty and morbidity meet. Welcome to the Bones and Bobbins Podcast. Hello, morbid makers. We are your slightly creepy,
0: mildly disconcerting,
1: somewhat sinister,
0: delightfully discomposed
1: opaquely odd,
0: merrily morbid,
1: marvelously misanthropic hosts,
0: and this is Bones and Bobbins, Season 5, Episode 2, The Bewitching and Beguiling Power of Love Spells.
1: I'm Haley from Red Handled Scissors and the Very Serious Crafts Podcast, and I go by she and her.
0: And I'm Natalie from UberDork Designs, an official true crime creative, and my pronouns are she and her. Huzzah! Huzzah! So hey, hi, hello, how you doing?
1: Uh, I'm I'm okay. <laughs> I um, I've been spending a lot of time in my basement
0: recently. Oh, which one?
1: Because <laughs> that's true. Um, the one that. I can get to the the, The the slightly less creepy, (laughs) possibly more creepy, unclear, but um, the one that's under my house and not the barn. Okay. So, um, because that is where racks of firewood are stored. Ah. And it's cold as hell. And so I go down there to bring up firewood and every time i'm down there i notice something new oh and so i'm considering just making little videos of the weird shit that i don't know what it is that i have discovered in my basement
0: oh please do
1: um (laughs) pretty pretty please I definitely found the reinforcements for the hot tub that was in the parlor in the 70s when I was looking yesterday. Uh, I had seen there's still um, the S trap, so I knew that that was there. But then I saw the actual reinforcements and was like, God damn it, you did that, didn't you? And then there's this sort of thing. That we walk over every time. It's covered with a rug that has seemingly been there. I don't know. At least my whole life, and there are really, really thick, like wooden slats over it. Oh, oh. There's something down there. I don't know what it is. (laughs) But I, I. My guess is that it's a well. I think okay. that I have found the well for our house, um, but it's been covered for so long, and it is so thoroughly like, you know how they would in the sizes that existed two hundred years ago simply did not don't exist anymore. Yeah, like they're really gigantic chunks of um the the gigantic boards that build most old houses they simply do not happen and all of the covering is that and they have been worn smooth over time so clearly it's been there a long time maybe it's your own Um, pit of despair it, it might be I, I don't know if the Goblin King's down there though I am in
0: <laughs> right
1: or no wait that's the Bog of Eternal Stench yeah it is never mind <laughs> <it>. <laughs> but yeah and there the cistern is also there mm-hmm. a gigantic brick monstrosity <laughs> there's various areas with just coal coming out of it Uh, okay and also I found the original stairs (laughs) oh wow yeah so I've been doing a a lot of just looking at weird shit in my basement and like the old tags like the service tags from utilities that no longer exist (laughs) like the original tag for the telephone
0: oh wow (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's like, why? It's like if this clamp is removed, your telephone service might not work. It's like, all right, Newly. Really okay. <laughs> I, wow. I don't think there's been telephone service here for quite a while. But anyway, so I, uh, I feel the need to start poking around a bit in, in my basement in one of the basements. The other one I do not feel the need to start poking yeah, around in. Yeah, yeah. Um but hmm yeah, I just I just been standing down there.
0: It is time
1: just looking around.
0: <laughs> there's that. There's Anyway, a, there's a TikTok. I need to link it in the show notes. But it's a realtor mm-hmm. and she's doing like a little thing about this house. It, why she's there at night alone. Like I get it. She probably just works really late and whatever, but she's filming and uh, to make
1: the TikTok.
0: Yeah, and and a door when popped. she's not
1: showing the house, <laughs> right? Presumably.
0: And I, I want to say it's from like 1923 is when it was built. Um. Yep. But a door popped open while she's <laughs> recording, and her reaction was like, "Do it again, do this one." Like she starts taunting, whatever it is, she believed opened that door, and is all super tough about it. I'm like, this is not going to end well. She comes around the corner and, like, the the smoke detector literally comes off the wall and flying at her. And she just tears out of the house. And I'm like, why? Why would you do that? Well, that's what you get. Right, when you're like, do it again then. I ain't scared of you. Like, really?
1: No. No, no. I mean, you can ask them to do right. it again if they want to because that's cool. But your response has got to be, yeah. that's cool. Can you do it again?
0: Right? <laughs> like, you can't be like, you know. So I could just picture that.
1: And <laughs> now my passage door is
0: going. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Goodness gracious.
1: Yes. Um. Yeah. Hmm.
0: We should probably. This is Thanks our. first Passage Door. This is our. We're late. This is our late, late hour recording. Through. Uh,
1: yeah, we're real late and real weird. Yeah. So it's um, gonna be
0: fun. It's gonna be fun.
1: Yeah. Anyway, how are you?
0: <laughs> I'm pretty good. I uh, I finally got the flu shot and the COVID vaccine. I got double whacked with it, and it kind of knocked me in the butt a little bit. Like I'm tired, and my arm is. Still a little sore, which is weird. Like, I wasn't used to that. But, um, but yeah. Yeah, uh, that
1: combination also hit me way harder than expected.
0: So, last Friday night, uh, my youngest worked, um, and I went, mm-hmm. you know, to go pick her up, and we're on the way home, and it was super foggy, like ridiculously foggy. And she ended up having to close. So, it was like, I want to say 10, 15 ish at night. Yeah, we're on the way home, and I'm already like just hyper aware because it's night. Deer, possums wreck all of the all of the critters. Yeah. and I can't see shit. Yeah, nature is like whoo. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> nature doesn't give a fuck about the fog, so I have to like try to pay attention to see. I don't know what was going on if there was some kind of convention but we passed a total of 12 Amish buggies which is more than we've ever passed before and they were like little clumps of two or three they were coming the opposite direction so with Amish buggies they have a little reflective triangle on the back of the buggy yeah but there's nothing on the front. And they all had lanterns. So it looked like the <laughs> Amish Death Brigade. <laughs> like, I don't know what was going on, But it was real creepy. But at the same time, like. I mean,
1: you're probably right, though. I, it was probably fu- a funeral.
0: Like, I don't know. I mean, it was so late at night. And so, you know what I mean? Like, just, it was, yeah, it was really interesting. And I don't under- like it. Yeah, I've never seen that. I hope many. it was
1: kids out on Rumspringa. Right, that's what I was like. I'm like, "What? That,
0: my reaction was, "What in the Rumspringa?" Um, mm-hmm. but then like <laughs> it was funny cuz I was, I was telling I was telling somebody about it and they're like, "Oh my god, that's so creepy." And I'm like, "You know, you would think that it would be creepy." And I was like, "That's really cool." I'm like, "I I could look over and I could a skeleton could have waved back at me and that would have phased me. I was too busy being terrified about a deer running in front of the car."
1: Like, I didn't care about. Well, I mean, if a skeleton waved at you, that just would have kind of been like, oh yeah, yeah, that tracks uh-huh.
0: yeah um, so it was actually really cool, but also incredibly weird. just I don't I don't know what it it's I don't the know what it was fog
1: that really does it
0: right uh, like and, and the little lanterns like it yeah, because I've I mean we've the- seen them at night e- e- we've passed it e- the- <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But yeah, so that That was was the
1: uh, lantern swinging back and forth, (laughs) not stabbing for the listeners.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I think that's now my number one favorite, like, Amish buggy sighting. So it has passed up the former number one, which which was the Amish buggy that was parked at the Pizza Hut. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I
1: do so love it when... uh, when I'm in Michigan and we near the Indiana border <laughs> which happens to be um uh, Shipshawana. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my mom loves Shipshawana. <laughs>
0: they used to go visit there oh, yeah. all
1: the time. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, it's it's pretty great. Um <laughs> Yeah, we we spent a lot of time there. Um
0: so if anybody listening but, yeah. is more learned in the Amish culture than I am, I've learned a lot since living here and living around them. But if anybody has any idea as to what would have had you know 12 buggies full of Amish people out at like 10:30 on a Friday night in the fog, let me know because I would I'm real curious. Um, real curious.
1: I, I I think it was a funeral procession. That is my theory.
0: Right? That, I mean, at, but at night, that late? Like, I don't know. I
1: don't know, man. For full, like, symbolic and creepy effect.
0: <laughs> right, and now I'm going to end up researching, like, if Amish have their own cemeteries or if they bury on family land or... Like, I already know form? that! Hey, yeah! Yeah? <laughs> uh,
1: the answer is yes... Sometimes they do have their own cemeteries, but also there are often family cemeteries. This came up when I was doing my research for um, whether or not I could uh, (laughs) establish a a cemetery (laughs) in my yard.
0: (laughs) Yes. Of course, of course. Yeah. Gotcha.
1: So I think the answer can be yes, and (laughs) many different things are are correct.
0: That makes sense.
1: Oh my gosh, that's cool
0: (laughs) (laughs) So on that note uh, Let's take a little quick break To thank all of our Fantastic Curiosity Shop members Over on Patreon Uh, We adore you And appreciate you so very much And if Mm -hmm. you were to join us Right here In this podcast moment um, Obviously on another (laughs) episode Not this one Is where you would get your own very special totally normal and not at all creepy welcome shout out um should you choose to join us
1: Mm -hmm. and you know why that is why it's because you're the best The best and we would totally go explore hidden old graveyards in the woods with you with our fingers crossed that we would get to see 12 amish buggies in the fog (laughs) I'll bring the land Into it. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And- I mean, I feel like that is, like... To me, that seems like such a normal weird thing to see because I live in New England yeah. and, like, colonial fill-in-the-blank is all around and I I would just assume it was ghosts.
0: Yeah. It was wonderful, though, and, like, that really just... I don't know. There was a- that's cool. Yeah, it just hits them that like, like really like, it's a thing and it's happening. But it's a mysterious yeah. kind of thing.
1: <laughs> also. Well, and that's just it. It's that it's mysterious and that it was dark and in the fog. The like, fog. All like all of everything. those things combined yep. to just be like, what are you up to? Exactly. Is it creepy?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I bet it's creepy. Can we join? <laughs> <laughs> And just see you swing the car around (laughs) and follow that last buggy.
0: (laughs) I would. I totally would. Can we we go?
1: Oh, do you know what that reminds me of? What? Faye funeral processions. Oh. That uh, people say that they have witnessed at night, um, like on the moors.
0: We should cover that. That'd be a good. Have we not? no we've not because we generally don't what fuck with the face so we tend to not talk of them either
1: i would just like to say your voice glitched just then (laughs) so um i I am speaking from a place of love and fascination yes about the good folk
0: that would be a good that'd be a good episode also if you join now you have to
1: have like seven backups
0: (laughs) (laughs) right uh and if you Uh join our patreon there's like a backlog of like 67 episodes and the latest one Mm -hmm. i actually dug deep and uh talked about the um decades old cold case that was the murder of my aunt and uh
1: Oh, shit. I forgot to put that social media post up. <laughs> God damn it. But I'll, I'll, I'll do it when we're done recording.
0: God gotcha. damn it. It's all right. Uh, so, yeah, if you join, you can hear it, too. Yeah, it was, it was quite
1: the story, and it's the only place... Where you will be able to hear that story in full yes. from someone who actually is on the inside and knows the details. Yes. Because you can find information and articles and such on it, but none of those people are talking to the family.
0: Yeah, no. Natalie is so the much. family. Yeah. <laughs> I literally lived that shit my entire life. Um. Oh, so yeah, gosh, but it's yeah. also a it, it
1: was a really good episode.
0: Thank you. Um It's also good from uh taking a step back and looking at the true crime community aspect. Um Yeah. So yeah. Join us. Join us. Join us. Join <laughs> us. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Oh, what? <sighs> Not you. Um <laughs> There was a rapping, rapping at my chamber door. I
0: was just gonna say, your chamber door?
1: Indeed. So we are shaking. I don't think I have a raven.
0: (laughs) Aw, sorry.
1: Me too. But, uh, so it was either the third floor ghost or Jack. The cat.
0: (laughs) Both seem unclear.
1: Well, both are very plausible. Jack was howling outside the door right before we started recording. Well, put yes, she's mad because I'm not downstairs tending a fire and (laughs) catering to her every scritchy need. Oh yes,
0: yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. So we are further shaking it up this episode in the fact that it's true. I am going first. <gasps> dun, dun, dun.
1: <laughs> it's true i mean we're weird and
0: we're just shaking it all up
1: <laughs> yeah we're just we're going with the flow that there's a ghost dog behind natalie that i can't stop looking at
0: yeah it's one of those nights yeah so uh, it's very sweet i'm, I'm glad so, uh, the day after Christmas, the commercial world begins to vomit heart and flowers everywhere to cash in on that, that one day of February that you either love or hate, Valentine's Day. And that... My mom went into
1: labor on Valentine's Day. Fun fact.
0: Ooh, that is fun. Um, and that day demonstrates the strength of the... Most powerful four-letter word in the English language, love. Now, most lives begin with it. Uh, Wars have been fought for it. Many spend their entire lives searching for it. It's virtually impossible to truly define it. And let's be honest, to even fully understand it. Uh, And part of that may be due to our language having just one word to cover such a vast array of emotions. Like, I hmm. love my offspring in a way that I would both kill and die for them if need be. But I also love curry, which I'm excited because I have curry waiting for me after this. Uh, Ooh. and like the com- Now I'm hungry. <laughs> and the comforting feeling that it gives me. I love our cats. I love the smell of a campfire. I love snow. I love the people in my life that get me as I am. I love coffee and vivance and I love Chewbacca and the Rebel Alliance. <laughs> <laughs> and I was laughing until my face hurts. I even love love. But all of these loves are so very different. And with all of this power, it is no wonder the lengths that people will go to in order to feel it or to have others feel it for them. And since yep. nearly the beginning of humanity, a whole lot of people have turned to magic to help them. That's right, folks. Mm-hmm. Today we're talking love magic. It's true. This is a hugely, hugely broad term. And like an entire yes. podcast series could be dedicated just to covering all that is love magic. But we're going to mm-hmm. do our best to give you a little overview and, you know, just enough to get you either scared or intrigued. <laughs> um, uh, Please. Maybe know, a little bit of both. right? <laughs> Please note, as a disclaimer, that we are absolutely not responsible for the results of anyone listening to or trying, like, trying to, like, anything that we talk about. (laughs) Uh, no. Yeah. So, uh, let's dive on in and take it way back. Uh, our journey begins in
1: the dust. Now I have Venus by the shocking blue stuck in my head. (laughs)
0: Our journey begins in the dusty scrolls of ancient civilizations where love spells were as common as the hieroglyphics in uh, in Egypt and incantations in Mesopotamia. From Mm. binding spells etched in clay tablets to papyrus scrolls adorned with enchantments, love magic was literally woven into the fabric of daily lives. Uh, early examples of love magic were found in the ancient Near East, dating to circa 2200 BCE. Um, well, yes. Cuneiform tablets preserving rituals of erotic magic have been uncovered at Tel Agara and Isin, which is present day Iraq. Uh, similar rituals were discovered in ancient Egypt on an Ostracon, dated to the 12th dynasty, which is 12th, 11th centuries BCE. A demotic, that's demotic, not demonic, which means written in ancient Egyptian, spell suggested take the fragment of the tip of your fingernail and apple seed together with blood from your finger. Pound the apple, add blood to it, and put it in the cup of wine. Recite the given spell seven times over it, and you should make the woman drink it at a special time. Uh, that recipe is a pretty tame variant of a spell that also added, like, semen and the hair of a dead man to the mixture. <laughs> yeah, but- I
1: mean, also a little bit of cyanide in there if you're crushing up apple seeds. Right?
0: Uh, so throughout history... Huh people with different cultural identities and different rituals have been targeted and persecuted by the majority or those that were in power and institutional powers have intentionally destroyed many scrolls, texts and written documents. Egypt was once considered like one of the most magical empires during its reign of power and over its like thousand year history. Well, yeah, right. Uh, The famous great library in Alexandria was burned multiple times. And scholars suggest that the library was intentionally targeted to specifically get rid of texts on magic. So there's likely much more history, myths, and magic of Egypt than we will ever really know. But despite those losses, magic was part of people's trades and traditions that they passed down to their families So that alone allowed it to make uh, its way to other cultures. Spells of erotic attraction and compulsion are found within the syncretic magic tradition of the Hellenistic Greece, which incorporated Egyptian and Hebraic elements as documented in texts such as the Greek magical papyri, which apparently is the papyri, which is the... Plural form of papyrus? Um, and actually, a uh-huh. f- uh, papyrus? Yes. Um, and I found it uh, online, and there's a link in the show notes. Like, you can literally read this. Uh, but these magical practices continued huh. to influence private rituals in Gaul among Celtic people, and uh, Roman Britain, and among Germanic people. The Greek magical papyri are compiled and available to read. Like I said, um, the, there are a series of ancient spell books from Egypt between the second century BC and the fifth century AD. So pretty much they're a, they're a grimoire of magical rituals, offering yeah. solutions to problems like how to summon gods to stop thieves from breaking into your property, to find wealth, to remedy illness, how to keep calm, to cure fevers and to get rid of demonic possessions you know like the usual um useful yeah you know you had ladies home journal, of the farmer's almanac and you have this <laughs> so not so very different <laughs> really right so unsurprisingly help with love is super prominent and it covers the entire gamut of lengths a person was willing to go to there's pretty much something for all levels of effort there are some simple ones, like to get a certain her at the baths, rub a tick from a dead dog on the loins. And a variation suggests finding, Don't do that. finding a tick from a cat and rubbing it on the back of the neck. As a Wisconsinite that has tangoed with Lyme's disease, I highly warn against these. Leave the ticks alone. Uh, yeah, give them to the possums. Right? Others require a bit more effort and prep work, such as the one claiming to be the, quote, irresistible love spell of attraction. It instructs one to use fish blood to write a spell invoking demons on the skin of an ass. They must then wrap it in a in vetch, which is a plant with pink flowers, and hide it in the mouth of a recently deceased dog.
1: What the fuck is going on with these dogs?
0: Right. So I'm guessing the skin of an ass must have taken, like, it's got to be off of the ass at the time, because otherwise you can't fit a donkey inside the mouth of a dog. I have questions.
1: No, but it would be funnier if it were the skin of an ass. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, Another. Just saying. Right. Another love.
1: Symbolism. Next level.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Another love spell advises having an iron ring inscribed with Harpocrates, the Hellenistic god of silence, seated on a lotus in their hands while shouting magical words at the moon from the rooftop. And apparently Uh, several several gemstones matching the description of those in this uh, ring have been found by archaeologists so uh fascinating right i just you know i can imagine the urge
1: shouting at the moon yeah i mean that's it's kind of universal
0: right (laughs) uh so christopher farone farone a university of chicago Mm. classics professor specializing in texts and practices related to magic writes then in hellenistic greece there were two main categories of love spells eros and philia Eros was practiced by men, Philia was practiced by women. The only times <laughs> Eros was practiced by women, it was done by courtesans who were considered to live lives more similar men- than, to men and that they had more freedom, whereas wives were constrained to their relationships. Right. Which I find a little interesting. So, it- yeah. In ancient times, men use spells to entice or draw women to them. There is a psychological effect to this. If you know... They could
1: have just taken a bath, right? (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, If you know someone has cast a love spell on you and you actually do like that person, then the love spell would function kind of like one of those notes in middle school asking you to check a box if you like them. (laughs) Like it's a flirtatious device. So essentially, the love spell signals interest. If the person who receives it knows it, they can check yes. Um, Yeah. So it would probably not surprise you to hear that Eris was much more aggressive than Philia. While shocking shock. While love spells were not always used to bind people or to hypnotize them to be with someone uh many scholars see the spells men used on women as a form of kidnapping i don't know mm. that that's i mean like i get it but i i think there's probably better language for that now but i get it uh filiate type of love spells on the other hand were meant to coercion maybe yeah um were meant to help women feel beautiful youthful and attractive to their husbands or partners there was a fear that spouses would leave them, and in ancient Greece, men could just, like, like bounce and leave their wives. But women couldn't leave their husbands. In order to keep the relationship, women used philia to maintain their beauty and to keep some peace. This kind of magic was considered healing and therapeutic. The women used magic for affirmation and to build confidence, I am all about self-love, but fuck the part patriarchy. You do that shit for you, boo. Don't do it for some yeah. man. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Um, along these lines, uh, Can Love Last? The Fate of Romance Over Time by Stephen Mitchell digs more into the masculine side of Love Spells and Magic. He found that in medieval Nordic communities, there was a divide between the intent of love spells that could be tied to gender. Women would veer toward using magic to break up relationships, while men would use it to arouse, desire, or seduce others.
1: Break up their own relationships or the relationships of others?
0: I don't know. I'm guessing a little bit of both. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Medieval times is where love spells took on a more creative flair (laughs) from pro...
1: I can only picture the restaurant. <laughs> and I, I want that to be correct. <laughs> right? Oh, God. Uh, from. Can we go to medieval times? We, I, I don't think I can eat anything there, That's, but I don't
0: care. Oh No, you can get like sides of like potatoes. Um, You can get. Yeah, you can mm-hmm. get sides. We'll figure it out. All right. Uh, Sweet. (laughs) So from potions brewed under the light of a full moon to incantations whispered by moonstruck maidens, the medieval era was ripe with tales of love magic gone awry. A fun example is the following spell originally written in Latin and I am not about to destroy that language by attempting to read that all out. So here's the professionally translated version that was like that's now displayed with the actual Latin version for love is the title of it. Take virgin wax and with it accurately reproduce the figure of the person you want with all his or her limbs. Then take a cock born in March. If the person is a man or a hen, if a woman extract its heart saying the name of the person and with continuous fumigations, I don't know if that's the right word, and put it in the place of the heart of the figure, saying the name again. Then write on the chest of the figure the name of the person you desire using a new needle. Then take nine new needles. Um, if you want to cause pain to the person for whom you said, put one of those needles in the corresponding place in the figure when you want that person to stop suffering remove the needle and the person will suffer no more be careful not to touch the heart of the figure if you touch the heart with it they will infallibly and immediately die well wow. not, not not exactly love but i don't i don't know there's a situation like that i guess um, another one labeled for love that is slightly less dramatic In the first day of the waxing moon, in the day of Venus, when the sun is rising, you will have prepared a leaflet of virgin paper. Take some of your blood from the ring finger of your right hand and write on the paper with your blood the sign reproduced below. Together with the names of your beloved and her mother, write with a feather from the... (laughs) From the right wing of a male goose. Stacy's mom has got it going. <laughs> <I'm done. laughs> <sighs> uh, yeah, feather from the right wing of a male goose. Wear the leaflet, or make her wear it without knowing it. I mean, it contains blood, but but no death. So there's there's that. <laughs> 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 the middle ages also brought the dominance of christianity and catholicism in europe uh, and while they will steal from the pagans and those that are magical they were also known to condemn magic still it didn't stop people from stealing the candles and other items from mass to use as part of their rituals to attract allure and secure love <laughs> which fair enough candles were expensive right i'm that's what i'm saying like get you know get it um as the Renaissance swept across Europe, uh, love spells underwent transformation worthy of like, Shakespearean sonnets. From the alchemic laboratories of Renaissance magicians to the courts of love-sick monarchs, love magic evolved into an art form. It was at this time that people of like status and fame were more often the target of love spells. It will shock you. Once again, to hear historians believe that men were more likely to cast spells than women because they would target unobtainable and younger women in hopes that they would succumb to their desires. Uh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Literature more commonly depicts women using magic, with, which is likely because men didn't want to be associated with spells, For the most part, men use magic for competitive means, while women use magic for communal and cooperative means. In Hmm. addition to spells and potions, aphrodisiacs have been around for the ages as well. (laughs) Marcellus Empiricus, also known as Marcellus of Bardot, was Hmm. a Latin medical writer from Gaul at the turn of the 4th and 5th centuries. His only known work is the De Medicamentis, a compendium of pharmacological preparations drawing on the work of multiple medical and scientific writers, as well as folk remedies and magics. It is a significant... Um and quirky text in the history of European medical writing and regularly mined as a source for magic charms. Uh, Celtic mm. herbology and lore and the linguistic study of Gaulish and vulgar Latin. So Marcellus thought that a waning sex drive could be cured by finding the right aphrodisiac. He suggested... wearing the right testicle of a rooster in a pouch around the neck now I can't imagine that being the one but some aphrodisiacs have been proven true scientists have proven figs oysters chocolate asparagus and strawberries as to actually have properties about them that help to woo hmm Whether you believe in magic or not, you cannot deny the power that it has had uh, to withstand time. The texts and papers from those who practice magic from all over the world and all across time contain a lot of commonalities in spells and themes. Uh, The most common themes specifically relating relating to love include a desire that a love object looks at you and will never tire of looking. A desire that a love object forgets all his or her relatives, primarily a father and a mother, and thinks only about you. Uh, That's a little weird. Yes. (laughs) Right? A desire that a love object can neither eat nor drink while his or her uh, love is in fever. And a love fever being compared with madness or with fire. There is a really great... Uh, uh Right, like <laughs> I'm confused
1: about how that ends. I,
0: right, like they're just yeah. I, I'm hoping it's the dramatic language. But it's not.
1: Doesn't it just end in death? Right, that's like if you can't eat or drink because you're wildly in love with
0: someone. Yeah, like I feel like if that's taken literally, it it, it probably doesn't have the effect you were hoping to. Uh,
1: I would think not
0: There's a really great site that I managed to find Called uh, the Recipes Project And I've linked it in the show notes It's a collaborate, a collaborative International research community That brings together and showcases Like interdisciplinary research On recipes Like across broad Temporal and geographic spans With a focus on food Magic, art, science, and medicine Uh. One of the hmm. writers, Laura Mitchell, wrote, quote, a few years ago, I encountered a somewhat surprising form of this longevity with a 16th century charm from a manuscript found at Trinity College in Cambridge. The manuscript is a household notebook originally owned by a Haldenby family, members of the lower gentry in the late medieval Isham Northamshire, Northamptonshire? Sure. Northamptonshire. Northamptonshire? Yeah, that one. Maybe. <laughs> That's, that sounds right uh, largely written in the first half of the 15th century it contains several uh, later editions including a collection of mostly medical recipes written in the margin by a 16th century hand uh, one hmm. of those later editions is a love charm it is
1: interesting. To
0: who shall his wife or her husband say thus hemp seed Hemp I thee sow, lead and unlead. She thou, sh- she that shall be, my worlds make come after one and rake sleep, sleep and I s- her see, wake and her know. This is this most. This must be done on New Year's Day. At, it's written in like some old English, just a <laughs> little At even right. taking a lied hemp seed in one hand. And going thrice about... I can't say thrice without thinking it's <laughs> just Creek. Going thrice about the fire, sowing the hemp seed about the fire, but not in the fire. Then go to bed and lie down upon the right side, speaking never a word to nobody. But to say your credo. Um, while watching an episode of the BBC show, Victorian Farm... The presenter actually conducted a really similar Victorian ritual. The episode takes place at Midsummer's Eve, uh, and the presenter, Ruth Goodman, and her daughter Catherine go out at midnight to the local churchyard, and Catherine scatters hemp seed while saying, hemp seed I sow, hemp seed should grow. He who will marry me come after and sow. Which is a much more understandable and concise-like snippet but according to yep. Goodman the future husband was supposed to appear in the churchyard or possibly that night in a dream there are some clear differences obviously but the core of it remains intact um, there's another similar hempseed spell in the Victorian grimoire romance enchantment and magic by Patricia Telesco um, mm-hmm. so it's just interesting the, the things that have crossed like time and culture and still remain um so before i hand it oh yeah oh yeah before i hand it over to you um i and you bring us into the modern times i just wanted to share some worldwide love potions compiled compiled by national geographic (laughs) oh (laughs) yes okay so When mixed with herbs, the eggs of Uganda's gray-crowned crane, a bird that mates for life, are said to increase affection and monogamy. That's cute. In Africa, the bark of the Yohimbe tree is said to have certain aphrodisiac qualities when steeped in hot water and consumed as tea. Hmm. Rum, honey, and red wine are mixed with tree bark and herbs to create mamajuana, which... Sounds close to Mama Juana. An aphrodisiac for men and women of Dominican Republic. The people Mm. of Madura Island in East Java are known for their jamu ramuan, a concoction of herbs that when ingested restores youth to women and makes them more desirable to their husbands. On Dragopit Day, the Romanian Day of Love, Frozen snow is collected and it's water used as a magic potion by young girls. The Water is said to ward off illness for the rest of the year. The lapish love potion in Finland is an alcoholic brew made from blueberries instead of yeast. Hmm. Chocolate used by the... That sounds delicious. Right? Like a lot of these, I'm like, I'd be down for that. Uh... Chocolate used by the Aztecs as an e- aphrodisiac has a high levels of serotonin and phenylethylamine, which is mood-lifting agents found in the human brain that increase energy and produce euphoric effects. And hell, yeah, right. In the 19th century, asparagus, known for its aphrodisiac qualities, was served to to, <laughs> to grooms before their wedding night. And in is it just because it's a stick? Right, I, and it makes your pee fun smell funny. Um, yeah, in in mm. ancient Greece, carrots were consumed by both men and women to make them more desirable to each other. My carrots, uh, I'm not uh-huh. sure, but <laughs> I bet they were. <laughs> so that is the very abbreviated, um, cha- like timeline for love spells and love magic
1: Mm, well that's interesting it uh it's amazing how little
0: has changed right I I love the ones that are like stand on your right foot beneath a three quarters moon make sure you have one arm up and twirl counterclockwise with the cat with one eye in your left arm while (laughs) while eating a (laughs) piece of cornbread like it's just they're so ugly. specific
1: now I want cornbread I, I must be really hungry
0: right <laughs> just the ones that are so like blatantly specific are just they they just tickle me because I'm like that that's a lot that's a lot of work <laughs> yeah but if you're
1: doing a love spell like yeah y- you're sort of prepared to do absolutely bonkers amounts of work to avoid doing the actual work of getting to know someone
0: (laughs) right well it also makes me wonder if, like it's so complicated that it's designed so that by the time you actually procure everything and wait long enough for the exact specific moment that you're supposed to perform it that you've just like you you found somebody else
1: (laughs) yeah i don't know but yeah. So. so, I'm going to now tell you about contemporary love spells and some of the superstitions that are attached to them. Woo-hoo. So, when I started researching this topic, I picked up a few contemporary love spell books on Kindle, and then the Kindle app on my iPad straight up refused to sync them. <laughs> They're like, don't do it. It was just like, nah, no. And then after 15 minutes of trying like manually to do it and just messing with things, other books synced. So it wasn't just the connection. (laughs) Uh, It was was a whole thing. Um, I finally just said out loud that I wasn't planning on using the spells (laughs) and that I was just researching for a podcast episode. (laughs) And then I asked politely if I could please have the books now. And literally at that moment, they appeared on
0: my iPad. The powers that be were like, no, we love you and Jeremy together. Don't do it. (laughs) It's
1: like, guys, calm down. I just wanted to read some bad ideas. (laughs) We do love us a good bad idea. It's true. So. I think the first thing that usually comes to mind when a magically inclined person thinks of love spells, probably ask themselves, are they dangerous? Because it's pretty well established that you, in all caps, should not do them. In, like, modern lore. Yes. And the answer is kind of complicated. I mean, the answer is as complicated as you'd like to make it. But the simple answer is no. They're not dangerous, but you certainly can make them dangerous. But just in and of themselves, they're... Kind of exactly the same thing as every other manifestation spell or technique, and the stakes are just a bit higher. And often because they involve another person or other people, it raises the stakes even more. And so,
0: it skirts around their do no harm thing.
1: Exactly. So on their face, love spells themselves, n- no, they're just attraction spells, but a lot of bad ideas can come out of attracting things. Mm. So when researching like common types of love spells that are still happening right now and are regularly being requested of magical practitioners by people who come to visit them. Um I found a a lot of fucking fire spells <laughs> which I mean that can either be hot or explosive. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um and there are so many opportunities to use hair and fingernails. Yeah. In modern spells.
0: They're big on the even well even well, even the spells I read, I, there was, you know, hair and fingernails included, which hair's yeah. got DNA, so that makes sense. Fingernails I don't know. Fingernails are weird. I, I if
1: fingernails are well, probably the most common um, next to hair, I would say. Yeah. A- anyway.
0: Which is it, weird, though. It doesn't matter. Hair's
1: easy. It, they, it, it is weird. I wonder if it's because um, people used to think that hair and fingernails both continued to grow after you died. Oh. So there was something supernatural about them.
0: That, yeah, that tracks.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Just no, a that's guess. No,
0: that's a good guess.
1: So, like I said earlier, attraction spells are the basis of many love spells. And those can take the form of, like, summoning spells or sometimes glamour magic, mm. which is another... Another variety of magic that can be ethically questionable depending on how you use it. Mm, Yeah. Um, Because it makes other people see you in a light that you want them to, not necessarily the light that is correct or accurate. Um, But that said, attraction spells are pretty commonly candle spells. Um, sort of the symbolism of a light in the darkness that is guiding something to you. And that, again, works for many manifestation mm-hmm. spells and attraction spells. But often there is an additional um, emphasis added by, like, writing someone's name on a candle mm-hmm. or... Adding herbs or notes that you write and then burn or basil leaves. Um, I mean, you can pretty much turn any attraction spell into a love spell, and candle spells are really frequently used for that. Yeah. Um, similarly, enchanted perfumes oh. are another really common um really common representation of how these spells work because scent has um sort of historically known to be intoxicating Mm. or and highly attractive to people especially people of whatever gender they and you are interested in um
0: it also is really so, powerful in terms of like recounting like memories and stuff.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so I and because your own pheromones and your own body chemistry make perfume smell different on everyone. Oh yeah. There's a really specific um, impression that can be left with that, and so you can make perfumes with charmed oils and very specific symbolic flowers and herbs and things like that so you can basically make up a potion that is really specific to what you are looking for and um what kind of attention you want to attract and so those are pretty common those sorts of spells as far as I have found tend to be milder than more um, uh, explosive I guess (laughs) um, types of spells because they are they're slower they're Something done with intent and generally something specifically that you are doing to yourself.
0: Yeah, I kind of imagine it's got a certain psychological effect on you as well. Like when you wear it, you probably have that a little bit different confidence about you.
1: Oh, I 100% have two different um, ensorcelled perfumes that I wear for very specific reasons. Um, and one of them is when I need to be a bad bitch.
0: <laughs> so That's all the time. You're already yeah, a bad bitch.
1: <laughs> well, when I need to let everybody else know I'm a bad bitch. Um, I love it. Yeah. So a lot of things that you don't necessarily think of as love spells are love spells like they're sort of woven into our daily lives so sealing letters with a kiss yeah that is historically a a love spell and sometimes it's with wax um with symbols on it in place of a kiss like it is a a sealing of intention Mm. and so uh, it also happens to be that the rune that symbolizes love is an X, which, or it looks like an X, and, um, you know, hugs and kisses. XO, XO. XO, Yeah. And I'm not sure if that's where that came from, but it makes some sense to me that it would be. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I could also... In- be making that up. I like So it. I'm going you know, with it. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> but it makes sense to me and I'm going with yeah. it. So there are also, um, like, there's a common uh, connection with historical love spell making uh, that is working wax with your hands. Mm-hmm. Um in more modern spells, it tends to be like making a heart-shaped candle and using your hands to make that shape to infuse it with intent um, as opposed to making a wax doll that you're stabbing. <laughs> but but hey, that was virgin wax. What, is,
0: what does it? mean? It was virgin wax.
1: <laughs> it means it's never been burned before.
0: I mean that, I guess, but wouldn't...
1: Well, because you would remelt. That's true. um, Candles uh, to save
0: what was left over.
1: I think. But anyway. So that is a connection to um, the history of love spells. But there's also an a really interesting, to me, symbolic connection, which is candles that are cast in molds that are naked people. And those are often used in attraction spells and love spells, but they are just so spectacularly on the nose (laughs) in sort of the same way that hand-making a wax figure that matches exactly the person who you are trying to uh, enchant in some way, um, that it's... I just kind of love how how bold that move is. Yep, yeah. Um, and I will, after talking about different kinds of spells we will definitely get to ethics which is why i'm sort of not diving into it as we talk about these things Mm -hmm. because yeah there are there are concerns for all of these um there are also come to me spells which is sort of a a general attraction spell where um the person working it would put very specific intentions out, not necessarily a specific person, although it could be a specific person and then we get into ethical hot water. But um, more often in modern spell work, it is just very specifically putting out the qualities <laughs> a, list of, of uh, basically, a, a list of demands? Basically, a list of demands. Like, yo, universe. <laughs> eight and three quarters inches. <laughs> three quarters. All right. Anyway, so... And it's not... I guess it can be eye color and hair color and things like that, but it's usually personality types or um, specific types of achievements or education. Like, you can get real, real specific with it. You can get real, real problematic with it. But um, come to me spells are pretty common. I think that they're probably one of the most frequently used spells that still exist in sort of... Modern magical working. That makes sense. Um, you can also.
0: Hmm? That makes sense.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can also do what many of us do, which is make spell bags or jewelry and wear them very specifically. So if you want to, say, attract romantic attention you might put a rose quartz bracelet on your right hand because you are looking to bring it to you. If you are looking to let go of attraction you might put it on your left hand because that's the hand of uh, giving it away. Ah. And so like. Th- th- there's a lot of, a lot of interesting symbolism that can be very personal and worked into spells that f- feel a lot more powerful because you have attached so much identification to them. Um, you can also um, employ a wand. <laughs> <clears throat> um, in whatever form you would like that wand to be. Sometimes you might put crystals on the wand. Because who doesn't want a sparkly wand? <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Anyway. Rings also. Like wedding rings, friendship rings. Any sort of uh, sort of ring that's exchanged is in fact in and of itself, a love spell. Which is kind of cool. And it's generally a consensual love spell. Yes. So it's, um. I, I think that many people might not look at them that way, but what are they except for symbols of very specific intent made to be Worn to remind you and the world around you of a commitment that you've made.
0: Yeah. Like, it's, um, it's a pretty solid spell. It is. I never really yeah. thought of that, but yeah, it definitely is.
1: And so if you're not into fire, <laughs> which, you know, all right, fine. You can have some pretty rocks, so um just going to give you a list of a few different crystals and what they're supposed to um, attract in love magic. And like putting a crystal in your pocket is sort of, I would say a gentle introduction into probably not very sketchy love magic and so you might put carnelian in your pocket um carnelian is red and it's often said to stimulate passion or sexual energy um but also like courage and so that might be pretty useful if you're trying to talk to somebody who makes you nervous Um,
0: That
1: would be everybody. Right. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, so slap that (laughs) Carnelian in your pocket. Um, Everybody, just go for it. Um, Diamonds are said to deepen commitment and trust in a love relationship. I am fairly certain that that is a... Very recent uh, um, De Beers related. I was going to
0: say, that sounds like a sponsored.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I don't think it goes that far back. Yeah. Um, but emeralds are supposed to enhance love and devotion and support emotional balance. And I do love an emerald. I was going to say, they're so pretty. Um, yep and garnets which are also often red um are supposed to make you lucky in love and also enhance self-esteem so like the red items or the red items the red minerals are definitely like to put a little swagger in your step which (laughs) i kind of like because it's It's fuckboy energy, (laughs) but without being an asshole. Yes. Yeah. Um, There are also a lot of uh, greens that are involved in love magic. Um, And I think that's usually because they are often related to abundance.
0: Ah, And
1: so people have historically done magic for only a couple of things. Money and love. Like, those are the things. There are relatively few unrelated channels of magic. And so... Yeah, it's... So many of the... um, the minerals and crystals are meant to bring something in, but there are also a good number of them, and I especially like these, that are meant to bring something out of you. So Moonstone is supposed to make you more nurturing and accepting of others. Um, Pearl is to strengthen your own self-esteem and also increase femininity because... (laughs) Um, let's see watermelon tourmaline is supposed to increase your ability to give and to receive love which makes sense because if you are familiar with tourmalines they are a protective uh, mineral and so it would make sense that that feeling of safety and protection would allow you to better give and receive love So, there are, I think just like pretty much every attraction spell, most crystals can also be wielded in love spell form. I'm not sure that I've actually come across any spell that wasn't wieldable in love spell form, now that I think of it. But, um, all right, so say you're not into pretty rocks. <laughs> we got potions. <laughs> there are potions for that. And I was telling Natalie when we got on this call that I looked over and I had um, my iPad open to a Kindle book, and the page that, is, that was displayed and is still currently being displayed is "fuck boy protection oil. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, which, n- yep. And so it's it's very interesting um, when you're talking about potions because it's sort of the bringing together of a spell jar, yes, and then a then not just having the. This- Well, jar be the physical manifestation, but the result of what happens within that jar being useful Mm -hmm. for other manifestations. So, love spells, love potions, very common. We have all heard about love potions. They don't really work the way that the TV would have you believe. (laughs) But... They are also, I mean, like you said earlier, there are aphrodisiacs. There is the power of intent and also the placebo effect, Mm -hmm. all of which are extremely powerful and can certainly be used if you're dabbling in love magic. Um, Connected. Two love spells, sex magic and fertility magic. Um sex magic can be done with yourself or with a consenting partner who is in on it. Yeah, it can. <laughs> yeah. There's a, a book called Um Sex Witch by uh Sophie St. Thomas and It's a nice solid introduction if you're looking to bring sex magic into your life, but I'm not going to go too deep into it because (laughs) sex magic is really personal and not like really personal, I'm embarrassed, but really personal as in like... To each their own. Yeah. and, And you can personalize that very specifically oh god my microphone just jumped across the floor again oh well so um another really common form of love spell is bringing a partner back or rekindling love Mm. that is mm, often a moral gray area and often Involves uh, the aforementioned hair and fingernails and also candles. Mm. So, if you aren't being sketchy about it, they're used to symbolically remove a problem that's blocking an otherwise viable relationship. If you're being sketchy about it, well, it's coercion. Yeah, There are also... No, never. Um, There are also love spells that exist specifically for making up after you've been fighting with someone you are in a loving relationship with. And they can be done alone or done together. If you're doing them alone, you're trying to heal whatever it is within yourself that you feel contributed to the problem um if you're working the spell together um oh sorry jeremy just texted me about cats and windows (laughs) um chunky tabby is visiting friney downstairs uh i hope she doesn't uh I hope she's not in heat and doesn't start howling. No. Chunky oh, no. Cappy. Because she was the uh fake cat ghost. Oh no. Right around this time last year. Anyway. <clears throat> speaking of love spells <laughs> <laughs> Cat horny cat keening. Oh, yeah. Um let's not. All right. um, also, under sort of the category of makeup spells, there are spells for removing negative energy that you can target at your relationships. So in the same way that you might clear the energy in your house or your altar or yourself, you can do the same thing with a relationship. And that's a pretty healthy thing to do. I was going to
0: say, that That I can get behind. Absolutely.
1: Yep. There are also spells to soften or sweeten your own heart to let go of hurt. Oh, yeah. Those spells can also be wielded like a weapon. Yeah. Um, to induce someone else's um, sweetening or letting go, and unless they know it's going on, that's sketchy. Mm-hmm. Yep. There are also love spells that I think probably most of us have done like uh specifically asking for guidance like pulling tarot cards yeah. asking about a relationship uh if you are a spooky witch like i am working with pendul- or pendulums and divination boards and black mirrors because that is my favorite way to Have the universe be like, yo, this. (laughs) You know, your mileage may vary. Um, But you also do need to be careful what energies you invite to collaborate with you. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned in the history part calling on different goddesses Mm -hmm. and how that could be sort of intertwined religiously into a love spell. Yes. The thing about it is, if you're going to call on Venus or Aphrodite or Freya or pretty much any one of the uh, pantheon of gods and goddesses related to feelings you're gonna want to foster a relationship with them first because as yeah as most of us know um gods and goddesses are often the gods of something and their opposite Mm -hmm. so i don't know I, i i think you just gotta know who you're working with in, in the same way as you don't want to make a deal with an entity or make a trade with an entity or, you know, sell your soul for a thing, it all comes under the heading of maybe know who you're talking to if you're talking to something else.
0: Right. And nobody wants to just be hit up and asked a favor when you don't even know them.
1: <laughs> like, no, exactly. Like, like, why would that work out well yeah, for you? Like-
0: he wouldn't just knock yeah. on a random stranger's door and be like, hey, <laughs> help me with this thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably not.
1: Probably not. Um, so you may be wondering at this moment, how do I make someone fall in love with me?
0: I was. I was wondering. Just the at answer.
1: That what?
0: I was wondering that just at that moment.
1: Okay, I know. <laughs> right then. Right then. Yeah, I, I saw it. I saw it in the top of your head. Um, and the answer is, bitch, that is not how free will works. Right? Obsession is dangerous. Yes. No binding together unless it's consensual. That never Being spellbound is... Hmm?
0: It never works out well. Because it's unnatural.
1: No. Exactly. Being spellbound is only sexy in fiction or when it's the vampire Lestat. just saying (laughs) and even then that's not a healthy relationship right
0: right right that's just it's hot but it's not healthy that's not sustainable (laughs) no fun for a minute no
1: exactly um Manipulating emotions is not the groundwork for a happy, healthy relationship. Do, 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 do. So, are there spells out there that exist specifically to make someone fall in love with you? Uh huh. Am I going to talk about them? Absolutely not. Because that's not helpful to anybody, it only ends poorly. Yeah. Matter of fact, I have an eyelash that has fallen in my eye right now oh, yeah. just thinking about it. <laughs> it's like, you will not. You will not look for these things. Um, anyway. So, here's some advice for keeping it not so sketchy. If you are about to tiptoe into the world of love spells this Valentine's Day. A uh, practitioner named Sky Alexander who is the m- uh, author of The Modern Witchcraft Book of Love Spells, mm-hmm. Your Complete Guide to Attracting Passion, Love, and Romance, uh, which is one of the books that I use to research this topic, um, basically says this in, oh, I can't remember, like an article in Cosmo or something. That sounds <laughs> Or maybe <right>. Allure. <laughs> oh, no, Re- Refinery29. Oh, okay. It, it was going to be one of the things. <laughs> um, you, you know, the the usual lady advice. Yes. Uh, Teen Vogue also waited. Oh, I
0: love Teen Vogue. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, me too. <clears throat> um, but anyway. So, oh, hell. Now I have lost my own spot. Okay. So, her take and she specifically wrote a book on modern love spells, is, quote, let this be done in harmony with our own true wills, divine will, and for the good of all concerned, harming none. So, basically, uh, that's a, an offshoot of, The Wiccan and it harm none, do as you will, Mm -hmm. um, which is an offshoot of way earlier pagan practices. Yes. So the key is you can do as you will, Mm -hmm. not what someone else will. So um, ethics. Yeah. Is it ever ethical to cast a love spell? What do you think?
0: I mean, it depending on the spell, but yeah. I mean, if it's if you're if you're going from the attraction, um, if you're going from the self healing things that you feel might be blocking you from receiving love, um, absolutely. When it comes into yep fucking with somebody else then I don't think it is ethical.
1: Yeah. And I'm sort of on the same page there. My knee-jerk reaction whenever a love spell comes up in witchy conversation is an immediate no. Because we've all seen that episode of Buffy.
0: <laughs> yes, we have. <laughs> mm-hmm. On the flip side, and, I do yeah. think that the, the severing of a relationship um, under certain circumstances it is okay to use a spell to sever like a toxic relationship that you have tried to eliminate. It's kind of the it, extreme version of clearing the negative but I think that those are, you know, because it's a one-sided thing. You're not wishing harm on the other person. You're just like, I cannot anymore.
1: Yeah, and that's more of a severing your feelings and preventing harm sort of thing. Yeah. I actually completely missed that bullet point um, when I was going through, which is it followed the making up um, spells, the breaking up spells. Yeah. Yeah are basically, like, when done ethically, are cord-cutting ceremonies without malice. Yeah. And it's not about causing pain. It's about easing the path forward for both of you. Right. And in my opinion, it's okay to wield powerful magic in that way. But you need to be very specific and very thoughtful about it And you should not ever do it if you aren't feeling confident or if you're feeling overwhelmed or hurt or upset. Like, it's definitely a thing to be done when you're level-headed. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So, the problem is, love spells are probably the most tempting kind of spell that exists. And it's wildly easy to talk yourself into doing them. Oh, I'm sure. You're not thinking with logic. You're thinking with emotions. You're thinking in the moment. And you're thinking with other
0: body parts. <laughs> indeed, indeed.
1: Yeah. And those things are strong. Yeah. I mean, who hasn't gone home from the bar with a charming bad idea X <laughs> at least once? Even when yes. you know. They are just that, a very charming bad idea. But it seems like a fucking fantastic plan (laughs) until that oh shit moment Yeah. when your eyes snap open the next morning.
0: Yeah. You're like, I'm going to regret this in the morning and you do. Uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I I have had that conversation with someone. Yeah, we're going to think this is a terrible idea in the morning. And mm -hmm, yep. Mm hmm. So you can go in with your eyes completely open and still surrender completely to emotions instead of logic. And that's sort of what makes love spells really dangerous because you're dealing with extremely powerful emotional energy and you're not uh, dealing with the same sort of boundaries and restraint that you might apply to um wielding magic in other areas of your life and so like humans are particularly skilled at convincing themselves that bad ideas are good ideas when feelings and hormones get involved
0: i can justify anything it's one of my superpowers
1: (laughs) oh yeah i mean same Like, just reading about these things, I was like, hmm, I could do a little, a little zhuzhing of my romantic life. I could do a little, and like, there's nothing wrong with my romantic life. (laughs) And still, I was like, hmm, maybe it would be kind of nice if I felt as hot as I was at 22, and other people also thought I was as hot as I was at 22. Like, <laughs> and that is not applicable to me at this moment. And it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because I'm still like, well... <laughs> I blame I, the patriarchy. Am, it, well, yeah. But also, it just feels really good to feel that hot. Right, right. And it doesn't... I've weirdly found that at the times of my life when I felt like that, it wasn't for anybody else. I thought I was smoking hot. Right. And it didn't really matter what anybody else thought. And that's kind of all right until you're bringing other people into
0: it. Exactly.
1: And so I... Uh, Thought it was a particularly good idea. Um, one of my sources mentioned doing boundary spells on yourself. Oh. Which I think is actually really smart. Oh, that is. For those moments when you're like, well. <laughs> <laughs> because at least it's a thing that you have thought through. Right and is in the back of your mind already. Yeah. And that might be just enough to cause you to hesitate from doing something that's a bad idea or straight up unethical. Yeah. And so thing is, if you're planning on bringing another person and or people into a spell, ethics rather than your individual desire mm-hmm. need to be the first thing you think about before taking any next steps
0: there's nothing we're keeping it consensual.
1: exactly and if you aren't like if you're trying to justify something that you're doing because it'll be good for them or i don't know it you can justify almost anything yeah but in, a, uh, in an article specifically about love spells and teenagers oh, on God. the uh, Llewellyn yeah. website, I, I found three questions that I thought, or that I think are a really good idea, not just for teenagers, but for anybody to ask themselves before they do the thing. Um, so... A uh, practitioner named Guinevere Rain wrote this article, and um, again, this is aimed at teenagers. But as a as an introduction to love spells and doing them ethically, mm-hmm. and so, question one: Would I mind if this spell were cast on me? Mm. Question two. Am I willing to take responsibility for my actions? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And question three, by working this spell, am I going to harm anyone or intrude on someone's free will?
0: Those are excellent questions.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And the advice is, if you're unsure, don't cast the spell. Yep.
0: Absolutely.
1: And you know if you're hesitating on something. And my God, those three questions are a boner killer. <laughs> yes. But uh, in a positive way, I don't know, man. Um, so to wrap things up, I just want to bring in some examples of when things go very, very wrong, according to pop culture. <laughs> All right, So like the general obsession and stalking and death yes. that happens whenever someone decides they're going to put a love spell on anyone else. Um, the hitting the wrong person by accident and then <laughs> hilarity and tragedy ensues. Yes. Also um, a, a real solid standard. Um... <laughs> My next bullet point is cats and dogs living together. (laughs) Mass hysteria. (laughs) (laughs) Mass hysteria. (laughs) Um, But then goes on to the gatekeeper and the key master. Ghostbusters sort of scenario. Those people aren't aren't involved in the decision making. They are like. Sex field automatons <laughs> that are just walking those meat suits through town. <laughs> so, one of a- so so that happens. Yes. Um, then you've got your garden variety terrible repercussions due to not being a virgin and or a woman saying yes. Ah. So, uh, looking at you, Buffy and Angel. Yes. Um. And then. My favorite of the uh, very, very wrong love spell tropes is not noticing that the world is ending around you because you're too busy fucking.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. Yep.
1: See, also, your house is burning down around yes. you. Or there's a war happening around you. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so... Anyway, those are just sort of my my favorite extreme pop culture superstitions. So um, that I think actually should make you th- think twice about doing love spells because is that going to happen? N- no, <laughs> probably not. But those that's taking the ethical mis- missteps to the extreme. Yeah. And if you're not cool with taking your own ethical missteps to the extreme... Right. Don't do it. Like, full stop.
0: So... So, yeah. Would weird science, would that be considered a spell? Even though they... (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean... uh, They created
1: something, but then uh, took away it. it, it,
0: They had a doll. I'm
1: fairly certain if something is conscious. (laughs) Yes. And you take away its free will. It's unethical.
0: Yeah. I haven't seen that in forever. I think I need to force it upon the the offspring. Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So. uh, I'm considering watching a little Practical Magic this evening. Oh, yes. Do it. Speaking of. Oh, yes. Um, Love
0: magic indeed. Yeah. And so. that's a good segue into what it brings us to. <laughs> Which is. <gasps> the so Weekly. Worst. Worst. Way, Way to die. die.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, mine is fatal obsession. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Unsurprisingly. <laughs> what's yours?
0: mine is unsurprisingly someone accidentally sticking a needle in a heart of a wax uh figure of me that was made from specifically virgin wax
1: yeah let's not do that <laughs> i like you i require your existence so man anybody who does that's gonna have to tangle with me yeah
0: i wouldn't <laughs> my money's on you on no anybody. i wouldn't either
1: frankly I also would just like to point out the, in addition to virgin wax, unused needles. Keep in mind, these needles were hand wrought. Yeah. All of them. Just, that just adds a layer of commitment to that bullshit. It really does. That is really too much.
0: For real. Like I can think of so many more like better ways just to spend time. Like more interesting, more fun. Like that's a lot of I don't know. Maybe just get some therapy. (laughs) And
1: also self love spells. Yes. Those are always an option because it's a whole lot easier to allow someone to love you when you love you. Right. And that is the whole point. You're not tricking anybody right. into loving you. You wouldn't want that. Yeah. Like, even if you could do a spell and uh, the hottest person you can think of would just walk out of your closet and into your life, I, you're not going to feel good about that. No. You're not going to feel good about making someone, uh, about tricking someone into loving you.
0: Right, because it's not really love.
1: No, and I mean, you might have some real hot sex, briefly. Yeah. And that's fun, but it's also not consensual. Yeah,
0: yeah, oh yeah. And you
1: shouldn't do it. Yep, yeah.
0: nope.
1: And uh, so yeah, it, I I think... That I'm going to land on for this Valentine's Day. If you're thinking about love spells. And you have a partner. Do something with your partner if you want to call in specific positivity. Yeah. To your relationship. Like make it a. Make it a couple's goal. Have a little sex magic to top it off. There you go. Like great. But Never work love spells on anyone else unless they've consented absolutely like just don't do it don't do it you're allowed to put it out in the universe what you would like yes that is not a specific person that is an i would like to attract these values that i hold dear yeah, yeah. that's great yep and yeah like i said self-love very ethical way to bring a love spell into valentine's day i like it love yourself it's a good idea
0: it is so hey do you want to be spooky internet friends you can fucking yes (laughs) (laughs) you can find us at bones and bobbins on all of the social medias except for formerly known as twitter because it's kind of a shit show i mean we're there but we're not really there or you can just pop up It is
1: auto-posting to Twitter still.
0: Yeah. Um. So, but I'm not looking at it,
1: so. <laughs>
0: you can also find us at com. It's true.
1: And don't forget to rate and review this podcast. You can do it in molded wax form, but also then put it on the internet too, please. Um, pretty please because it makes the internet gremlins really happy yes. and that's how we show up in recommendations so the other morbid souls can find us bring
0: forth the morbid souls we need them in a consensually right now way. <laughs> I was going to say consensually <laughs> <laughs> oh, but on, oh boy. on that note let us leave you with some advice that you should never forget lock your doors and
1: don't run with scissors.
0: <laughs> Each episode of the Bones and Bobbins podcast is written and researched by Haley Pearson Cox and Natalie Hoyce. Our music was composed by Loyalty Freak Music. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Bones and Bobbins. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, or check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts so you won't miss a minute of our strange and creepy content.